the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. I'm Janet Falk. I'm a public relations professional, and I work with attorneys who have a solo practice or a small firm. Welcome to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Your hosts, Jim Hacking and Tyson Mutrix. Let's partner up and maximize your firm. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. I'm Jim Hacking. And I'm Tyson Mutrix. What's up, Jimmy? Oh, Tyson, you know, we just got off the phone. We've had, between the two of us, lots of people leaving, lots of people coming, just lots of interesting things. It's never a dull moment owning a law firm, that's for sure. Yeah, and that's part of growing law firms, right? That's just that's just part of it. Like the coming, the going, it's just part of it. Whenever you you're scaling a law firm, that's part of it. And some of it's growing pain, some of it's to to improve your firm too. So it's a part of part of having a law firm, a growing law firm. Well, you want to go ahead and introduce our guest? I do. I'm actually really excited to to introduce Janet Falk. She's a communications professional with more than 30 years of experience at in-house and at public relations agencies. She advises attorneys at small law firms and with a solo practice on media relations and marketing communications to attract new clients, remain top of mind with prior clients, keep in touch with referral sources, help recruit associates, and generate new stories about litigation that puts pressure on opposing counsel, among other things. I'm not going to read the whole bio. Janet, thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. I'm excited to meet you both and talk to your audience. So Janet, we always like to begin by having our guests sort of walk through how they went out on their own, how they started their company, and sort of, even though you're in PR and we're obviously lawyers, there's always lessons to be learned about that transition. So you want to tell a little bit about sort of where you came from and then how you got to where you are now? Sure. So Jim and Tyson, if you took a look at my website, you'll see that my logo is a little bit different. It's the letter F for my name, Falk, and it's embedded in an octagon. Because I'm not a round peg, I'm not a square peg, I'm an octagonal peg. I have a diversified background that includes higher education, Wall Street, nonprofit, and law. Now, working in the communications field from time to time, you wouldn't be surprised to hear that there are some bumps along the road. The market takes a tumble, and people cut their budgets. And communications is often one of the first places that they cut, which is kind of foolish because I'm sure you both agree that if you don't invest in your own business and in your own practice, who do you think is going to do it for you? No one. So it was in the financial crisis of 2008 in December 
that I was last employed. And so I, again, as in the past, hung up my shingle and I decided to focus on law firms, particularly law firms that were smaller or solo practitioners. Larger firms that have 100 or more employees would have marketing professional on their staff. But very small firms or solo practitioners don't have the need for someone like myself to be around all the time. But when they do occasionally have an interesting case or they have an interesting point of view of what's happening in the industry or in the local market, then they need someone like me to set them forward. So that is how I set up my practice and decided to focus on law firms. So tell me something, whenever you, the communications is crucial, right? It's absolutely crucial, whether it's with clients, whether it's to juries, whether it's to whomever. What are some of the things that you see us lawyers sticking our feet in our mouth on that we should really stop doing? Okay, there's two things that I would mention. The first thing is that it's not about you. It's not about you, the attorney, and how great your law firm is and and all the great work that you've done for your clients, which I, I admit is generally impressive. It's about the other person. It's about who is looking to retain you and use your services or who is looking to refer you. So you want to be phrasing your content, whether it's on your website or on your LinkedIn profile or in your newsletter, and focus on the person who is about to read it and who wants to engage with you. So I deal with reporters all the time, and I like to think about the five things that are important to a reporter. So Tyson, you know what the five W's are, right? Who, what, when, where, why? Exactly. Uh, and there's how. Okay, good. Right, right. I passed okay. that test. Okay. So you want to think about who. Who is it that you want to get in touch with you? You want to think about what. What is it that is on their mind and what problem do they have? But not only what problem do they have and what solution do you offer, but what do you want them to do next? Do you want them to call? Do you want them to click a link? Do you want them to visit your office? Do you want them to subscribe to your newsletter? So who is it you want to reach? What is bothering them? And what is it that you want them to do? Now you come to when. When has this arisen? Is this something that's time sensitive because there's some sort of deadline, whether it's from the law or from an industry mandate, or is it something that's perennial, right? That people always need to think about filing their taxes or planning their estate. Now you want to think about where. Where are they looking for information so that they will know to find you in that place? And finally, you come to why. And the why is really a little more complicated. I like to think of the why as why should anyone care? Because Tyson, you and Jim have ideas that will help someone else to save time, save money, and make more money. Because working with you and your experience, they will be able to cut to the chase and get what it is that they need, whether it's their green card or whether it's a settlement from the insurance company so that they can then move forward with their lives. So that's what I think is a very important aspect is it's not about yourself. It's about you, the other person, and what that person should be concerned about and what they should be doing next in order to get in touch with you. So you want to be in those places when they are going to be sensitive 
to that point. So that's one thing that I noticed. The second thing that I noticed people doing is talking to the press and avoiding them and saying no comment. Now, it's not always in your client's best interest for you to be saying no comment, because what happens? Some bystander is reading the news report and an attorney for the person was not available for comment. A spokesperson for the company was not available for comment. Immediately, they think, not a good sign. There's something going on there. So instead of no comment, I would encourage attorneys to instead respond to an inquiry from a reporter and respond to the questions, but you don't have to exactly answer them. But it's much better if you respond to the reporter, say something that's not particularly quotable. And at least if you're not in the story, then that's helping your client because you're keeping a positive light on your client. You don't want to be unavailable for comment because that's not going to make your client come out favorably in that kind of situation. So those are two things that I would mention. Think about who is on the other side and what is it that they need to do and what is their problem that you're trying to help them resolve. And don't say no comment because it's not necessarily going to be helpful to your client. To the first point, I got a an email this morning, and she also posted this in our Facebook group. I came across your video on YouTube and tears came to my eyes because everything you were talking about fits our case exactly. And I'm so happy for lawyers like yourself that go all out for your clients. I mean, that was just like exactly what you just said. And I don't say it to toot my own horn. I say it to the point of, you know, giving content to what people are looking for and the answers to their questions. So I love that point. Yeah. And I would encourage you, Jim, to take it one step further. And, you know, Tyson, maybe you as well. And that is you both have a lot of fantastic content on your websites. You have the FAQs, you have the blog, you have the videos, and that's all fantastic. But I want to encourage you to do one more thing. And that is give something away for free. Make people get a download and You can make them give your email address or not. That's up to you how you want to gate it. But when someone downloads something from your website, you never know where it's going to travel. It can go to a family member. It can go to a supervisor. It can go to a neighbor. It can go to, you know, who knows. But if you have something that has your branding on it, it has your email address, your phone, your website, and this valuable information then they will be able to take that and share it with the next person. So make it easy for them to have something that they can share. So it's, I think it's funny because even in your bio, you offer, which I did not get to, a complimentary strategic communication session, 30-minute consultation where you guarantee at least two ideas, which I think is fantastic. So if anybody wants that, you should reach out to Janet. But the question I have is, so I, I went over to my bookshelf while you were talking, I grabbed this book. It's by Frank Lutz. And so it's words at work. And we've talked about it on the podcast before. Do you get that specific with the wording? Like you use this word, don't use that word, things like that. It's hard to say, you know, without having a specific example in front of me. But I'll give you an example. I, okay. I don't want to cut you off. But like, so let's say Jim takes on a new immigration client and that immigration client turns out committing a very heinous act against the country. 
I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. So now, yeah. So that's, it's a terrible situation. And Jim's got, a, there's cameras at Jim's office and they want to talk to him. Go. <laughs> okay. So I would say a few things here. The first thing is that I understand there's an investigation underway and we are cooperating with the authorities so that we can provide them with the necessary information. Right? As more facts come to light, then we will continue to be in touch with you. Please make sure that we have your name, your phone number, your email address, and your cell phone number so that we will be able to follow up as more information comes to light. So there you have, you're not saying no comment, right? But there you have saying, we're aware of the situation, we're cooperating with the authorities, and we will continue the conversation. And then basically you cut it off. You just say, that's all the information we have for today. Uh, I'll be in touch with you as things progress. I like that, Jim. How about that? Not that any of my clients would ever get in any trouble, but that's very <laughs> that's very helpful. And I mean, I'm a camera hog, so I would definitely not just say no comment, but that's just a great template for what to say. So thank you for that, Janet. Now, and here's something else you might consider. Let's say you've introduced yourself to reporters and they're in touch with you. And so you have an ongoing conversation. And then suddenly you get a call from someone that you don't know. Right. And they say they're from the local press or from the industry press and so on. And you are not expecting this call. You don't know what it is that they want to talk to you about. So do you take the call or what do you do? I would recommend that you take the call and you say, I really would like to talk with you, but I have someone else in my office right now. Let me please get your name and your phone number and your email address. And could you please tell me exactly what you would like to discuss in case I have to do a little checking with someone else because I want to be more helpful to you. And I promise you, I will get back to you in a half an hour. Now, if you're in a situation where the reporter is calling you and you're caught off guard, you don't want to be talking about something that you have no preparation for. So instead, you stall in this way because there's no story that's so important that it cannot wait a half an hour. So you find out exactly what it is that they're calling about because you think it's about a certain situation, but it turns out it's about something very different. So now in that half an hour of time, you're able to figure out what it is that they're actually going after, how you're going to respond. You're able to come up with two or three talking points. You're able to illustrate those talking points with some example or some anecdote or, or some other tip that I'll talk about later if we have time. And now you call the reporter back and you say, you know, I'm so glad that we're able to continue this conversation. I'm ready to answer your questions. So you have teamed up with the reporter by saying, give me a half an hour and I will be able to investigate and check and get any more information because I want to be more helpful to you. And that will be more helpful to your client as well, because you'll be fully informed about what it is that the topic of discussion might be. The Guild is an insanely productive community of lawyer entrepreneurs with a growth mindset who share their collective genius and hold each other accountable to take their careers and businesses to the next level. But in 2021, we are upping the game. In addition to exclusive access to the group, FaceTime with the two of us, discounted pricing for live events, and front seat exposure to live recording and podcasts and video, we are mapping out for members the exact growth playbook with our new program, Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships and experience content specifically designed to complement your plan for growth. 
For a limited time only, the Maximum Lawyer and Minimum Time program will be offered for free to all new Guild members. Join us by going to maxlawguild.com. You're listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. We're speaking today with Janet Falk. She's a PR expert who specializes in working with lawyers. Let's take the opposite situation now, and I'll use a hypothetical for Tyson. So I was watching Better Call Saul the other day, and he was trying to get the reporters to do a story. And I remember he was just crossing off each phone number as no one was interested in the case that he had. So let's say Tyson is filing a big class action or a big products case against GM or somebody. What tips do you have for lawyers in that situation where they're the ones who want to generate the publicity? Okay, so I'm going to give the example of a case that I worked on because I love talking about this case. And it was a sexual harassment case brought by an employment attorney against a major company in the broadcasting industry. So, Tyson, will you accept these changes? I will fully accept these changes. Okay. so what happened was first we got the client's permission to contact the press because, you know, the client was going to be exposed, literally, And we wanted her to feel safe. And she said, okay. Then the next thing was I contacted reporters at broadcasting industry publications in advance. And I said, my client is an attorney. He's going to file a lawsuit in a few days. And it's about a major player in your industry. My name is Janet Falk. Please be on the alert because I will be sending you a press release with more details about this case. So I raised the flag that there was something afoot. That was on a Friday afternoon. So on Monday morning, the attorney files the case in the court, and we took a copy of the stamped complaint, and we had a link to it online so that reporters in the broadcasting industry who might not be familiar with the docket system would be able to access the complaint. Then we issued a press release. So at 9 o'clock, the case was filed. At 11 o'clock, we issued the press release. And then I started making my follow-up calls. And I said, do you remember I told you about this case? Now I can tell you. Now, these are the defendants. They're the actors on a television show. They're the show. They're the cable network. They're the production company. Oh, yes. And the parent company of that cable network, Viacom. Now, I think you've heard of them, right? So because it was such a large company in the industry, the reporters were very interested. And at one o'clock, a story was filed on broadcasting and cable saying allegations of sexual harassment at Viacom, and it named the other actors on the show and and the other defendants. So time passed, and at five o'clock, the employment attorney, my client, calls me and he says, Janet, I just got off the phone with defense counsel, and we're proceeding to settlement talks. Now, you both have been practicing law for a long time. So can you imagine filing a case in the morning And before you leave the office the same afternoon, defense counsel says, let's talk about a settlement. I'd say that was a pretty sweet setup. And how did that phone call from defense counsel happen? It happened because sponsors who advertised on the show and on the network read the story. And they probably, this is speculation, they probably got in touch with Viacom and with the cable network and said, we're very unhappy to read about this news and we're reconsidering our advertising budget. And so it seems to me likely that the senior forces at Viacom said to the associate general counsel, make this go away. And that's how that phone call happened. So my plan is when you are filing litigation, you should prepare in advance to have a press release. 
so that you can announce it and distribute it, whether it's to the particular geography or to the particular industry. And then you can follow up with the reporters after the press release is distributed to make sure that they're interested in the case because you want to generate this pressure on opposing counsel. And that way you won't have to litigate your case and everything can be settled, let's hope, happily for your client. So that's how you can proactively include media strategy as part of your litigation strategy. What do you think? I love it. And I'm so torn about what question I want to ask you next. I'm going to ask you the second one I I thought of, but uh, if we have time, I want to get to the other one. So I think that there could be a concern that, you know, there could be too much of you trying to get on TV. Um, Is that a real thing? Or should you be trying to get in front of the media whenever you have an opportunity? And what I mean by that is like this, that was a big case, right? On my smaller cases, should I also be trying to do the same thing? Because I will tell you when it comes to smaller defendants, that would also be an extremely effective technique if I got them on uh, in the newspaper or on television or on websites. But is there a point where it's just too much, where you're trying to get on into the media too much? I think you have to go back to what I was saying before, Tyson, about who is it that's going to care and be interested in this situation? I mean, in this case, we very narrowly targeted the broadcast industry because we wanted other people in that industry to be aware of what was going on because their response by contacting the defendants was going to make or break the case in those terms. So I think you have to think, is it in your client's best interest to be in front of the media? And and also, it may not be that your client is the person who should be the spokesperson. It may be you that should be the spokesperson. You know, not every client is prepared to deal with that kind of spotlight attention. And as for whether it's TV or print or radio or online, you have to figure out, again, where is your audience looking for information and then make sure that you are present in those venues. Jana, one of our members posted uh, today, uh, his name is Jason Carpenter, and he, he spends a little bit of money and he's able to go on these local morning talk shows. Can you talk about that as a strategy for promoting yourself? I think that's great if that's where his focus is, if his focus is only in the local geographic area. And then they have identified him as the expert. Of course, as attorneys, we're not allowed to be an expert, but nonetheless. And he's able to comment on what people need to to be thinking about. Uh, Remember something I said earlier, how does your insight help someone else to save time, save money and make more money? So if he is able to bring that insight to the community, then yes, he will be the one that they call. I often say reporters call the people they know. They don't call someone they've never heard of. And who do you think prospective clients call? They call the person that they've heard of. They're going to ask somebody else who might have worked with you or ask another attorney who might know a colleague that has an area of practice that they don't handle. So if you want to be seen then being seen in the news is one way to make that happen. All right, I'm going to try to sneak in my last question here. So let's say that you are misquoted in the media. Let's say that they take your quote out of context, or let's say that they say that they reached out to you and you said no comment, but that didn't really happen. So let's say that there's some sort of discrepancy. How do you react to that? You go back to the reporter and you redress the reporter and they will make that change if they're reputable. 
And if you don't get satisfaction, then you go to the editor and you escalate. What happens, however, is that even when a correction is printed, nobody sees it. So, and they don't always go back into the online version, right? Many times in the online version, you can see a correction. This was updated to reflect the correct spelling of the name or the correct amount or something like that. But you have to do that as soon as possible because once it's in print, they're only going to print a correction, which no one's going to see. And once it's online, it's already distributed. And if it's, you have to get the correction into the online version. Perfect. Janet, how do people, if they want to work with you, how do they reach out? Where do they find you best? Okay. My website is Janet L as law, Janet L F A L K.com. And I work with attorneys in different locations. They don't have to be in New York, which is where I'm situated now. Excellent stuff. And also, I want to make sure that people do reach out to you to take advantage of, of your offer. Does that offer still exist where they can reach out to you for, it basically seems like a, a consultation. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I offer a complimentary strategic communications consultation. We'll look at your digital presence. We'll look at your website. We'll look at your, your giveaway material, your newsletter, your LinkedIn profile, what contact you've had with the media and so on. And can I mention also that I recently published an ebook, and the ebook is called Create and Monitor Your Marketing RBI. It's a baseball theme, runs batted in. And it talks about the five ways of getting business, which are networking, speaking, writing, being active in the trade association of your target market, and promoting everything that you do online. So there's an order form on my website on the homepage people can take a look. And it's, uh, it's very valuable information, just as what I've shared with you here. Excellent stuff. Okay, I'm going to sneak another one. Sorry to both of you, but I want to sneak this in. David Terry has a question in the guild. He wants to know, he says, I've done television news before where I've been interviewed, but don't really enjoy it. Plus, my wife says I have a face for radio, which is funny. What is the effectiveness of radio? I know it's not as good as television, but just curious of your thoughts about radio. Well, I would say television and radio are similar in this way. If you didn't see it or hear it, it's like it didn't happen. So you have to make sure that you capture that audio and then you repurpose it and redistribute it. So one thing that your, your colleague might consider is to capture the radio clip and then create a transcript so that it can be circulated as part of their newsletter or maybe they can take that idea and share it with an organization and say, this is a hot topic. Let's put together a panel and I'll bring someone else to get involved in the panel. So you won't have to organize anything. It'll be myself and this referral source or myself and this former client. And we're going to explore this topic. So if you have done something that is available, whether it's print or TV or radio, it's not one and done. You have to find other ways to merchandise it and to share it. Because if a person didn't see it or hear it in that moment, it's as if it didn't exist at all. So that's what I would encourage your colleague to do is to take the radio clips and find ways that they can be shared either digitally through audio or transcripts or to make an event around them. That is excellent stuff. All right. So I will stop asking questions. I've just enjoyed myself too much today, but I want to remind everyone to go to the Facebook group. Join us there if you want to get a lot of great information on a daily basis. If you want a more high level conversation, join us in the guild. 
maxlawguild.com. Remember to get your tickets to the conference, maxlawcon2022.com. And while you're listening to the rest of this episode, if you don't mind leaving us a five-star review, we would greatly appreciate it. Jimmy, what's your hack of the week? Someone who practices criminal defense law asked me the other day to recommend a mentor or someone who might be willing to coach them. I, of course, recommended our super successful friend, Jay Ruane. This person came back to me and said, that what I thought the fee would be was sort of outside, you know, their comfort level. And I just want to push back on that for everybody, because when you talk about coaching, sort of like when you talk about hiring, it's an investment. It's not a cost. You spend X amount of dollars so that you get Y amount back. And hopefully Y is a, is an exponential number from X. So I really want to challenge people to think that through and have sort of that growth mindset and look at things more as an investment than a cost. I love that. So, so true. Great advice, Jimmy. Janet, we always ask our guests to give a tip or a hack of the week. It could be a podcast, could be a video, it could be a book, could be whatever. Do you have a tip or a hack for us? Yeah. Uh, in addition to the ebook that I mentioned, I have several other ebooks. One is about networking and one is about LinkedIn and one is about how you can be the one reporters call. So uh, take a look at the resources page on my website and you'll be able to access these eBooks. And if you wanna keep in touch with me for more tips, I have a monthly newsletter focused on tips for attorneys. Excellent stuff. And since we've been talking about communication today, my tip of the week is something I sent to, to Jim and Becca uh, early this morning. It's the TED Masterclass app. There is a small fee for individuals. I think it's $49. It's a fairly small amount for what they offer in the app. It's really cool. And it's about speaking. And they teach you like the kind of like the TED style of speaking. It's a really interesting and it's actually fairly cheap app. So I highly recommend a lot of great information in there. So check it out. It's I know that it's on the app store. I don't know about on other devices. So Janet, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. I could ask you a thousand questions. So thank you so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun for me too. And I hope we'll continue to be in touch. Thanks, Janet. Absolutely. Thanks, Janet. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.